This is Photo Biz X, episode number 427, and today we are talking family portrait photography with a photographer who has had million-dollar turnover years in the past. She's now operating her business from home, shooting in a carport, an outdoor carport, and she is more successful than ever. I'm talking about the wonderful Katrina Christ, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I have got an absolute crack up for you today. Katrina is so much fun. She shares an absolute ton. You're going to want to have your notepad and pen handy for this one, that is for sure. We're going to get into the interview pretty quickly today. I do want to give you a heads up that I have a bunch of announcements following the interview with Katrina. One is in regard to the LinkedIn course for photographers, which is kicking off in early September with Jeff Brown, the LinkedIn expert. And the course is amazing value at $97. That's an intro price. More details about that after the interview with Katrina. Personal branding photographer, Paula Brennan, who you may remember I interviewed recently and is absolutely killing it with $10,000 personal branding photography days. She is reopening her mentoring program and there is an incredible rebate on offer for premium members. So I'm going to share more about that after the interview with Katrina. The dual camera harness competition is still open and you may have noticed a new episode of the Photography Experiment podcast went live with Ashley Jones and it should have popped up in your Photo Biz X feed. More details about why that happened, why I did that, and a little bit more about that interview as well if you haven't had a chance to hear it. So again, like I said, a ton to get through today. And now, a macro look at our last episode. If you haven't caught last week's episode yet with the amazing Sarah Louise Jackson, you absolutely have to catch that one because you might discover a brand new genre you never knew existed because Sarah photographs in or for the building industry. She has an incredibly successful business. She's turning over more than $500,000 a year and she does it primarily or almost all on her own. It's an unbelievable success story. She shares, which I think you are going to love, exactly how she attracts new clients. And hint, hint, it's something that many portrait photographers are doing to attract their clients as well. You're going to love that interview if you haven't heard it with Sarah Louise Jackson. Get back and check it out if you haven't. And lastly, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, all that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Katrina, because I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you are loving what you hear from Katrina in the first half, you want to continue to learn more from her and about her processes so you can implement them into your business, you can easily do that as a premium member and you can check out the membership for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. Head over to photobizx.com forward slash try for more details about that trial membership. Welcome 
great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is a family photographer based in Brisbane, Australia. She's been shooting for more than 25 years, has had $1 million turnover years, and she believes every photographer should be and deserves to make a great living from their work. She started out in photography by studying at college, and immediately after completing her studies, her photography business was born. She was also married at the same time and started her family. It must have been a crazy period. And then in 2001, she made a big move to specialize in black and white family portraits and business took off. Today, she says business is as good, strong and profitable as ever. And in addition to her photography, she's also the driving force behind the High End Photography Academy. I'm talking about Katrina Christ and I'm wrapped to have her with us now. Katrina, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm very, very excited to be here with you. (laughs) I can already see that you're smiling. I can hear it in your voice. And you market yourself as the happiest photographer in Brisbane. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) I do. I really do because my nature has always been to be really happy. But I also know that high energy attracts beautiful clients. So if you're not, you can become that way as well. But no, I like to live a happy life. <laughs> Sounds so nice. Um, and I said you had $1 million turnover years. So is that today or is that in the past? Is it still doable today? That was in the past. So I launched in 96 and I didn't earn any money or any profit in the le- in the first four years. I was having the best time, uh, loving that I finally found what I wanted to do. But um, making no money, like everything just paid the bills and and probably only just. So I actually hired a coach and my first million dollar turnover, I started with him, sorry, in 2001 and in 2009 I turned over my first million dollars. Wow. So back then, was that a photography business coach or just a, like a, a generic business coach? Well, no, he was photography business coach, but so weird, Andrew, because you know when you just, I had hit rock bottom and I was so, I was so sad because I'd studied and I'd worked at a Kodak mini lab and put myself through uni because, you know, I was was 21. I wasn't going to ask my mum and dad to support me. And I knew that I wanted to be big, but I didn't know how. And then I was just chatting to a guy who supplied those black and white folders, you know, you put your photos in. And um, he just said, oh, yeah, I've got a mate who's a photography coach. And that was as easy as it was. And I, so of course, didn't do any other research and just got his number and called him. And that was the start of it because I had nowhere to go but up. So I love how that universe works like that. It was perfect. That's so good. So was it his idea then for you to go black and white and focus on families? His idea for me was to specialise and he said, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I do everything I do, you know, as a lot of photographers do. I was was doing lots of hair competitions and weddings and a little bit of portrait. I did fashion model portfolios and I, I left uni thinking I wanted to be a fashion photographer and I got I got the highest scoring ever portfolio in fashion when I left Queensland College of Art, which is super cool. So I'm like, that is my destiny. (laughs) But as it went on, I realised that I found that industry very fake and not me. 
And so when he said, you really need to specialise in what do you love? And he said, and don't pick an area that you think is going to make you money. You need to choose an area that you will love because if you love it, the money will just come. And I remember sleeping overnight on this and I really mulled it over and went, you know, I really, really love portraitures because my family is just think I'm amazing and I love everything I do. And so it was actually quite a simple decision in the end. And then he said to me, now you need to create your own signature style where people will recognise it instantly as a Katrina Christ. And so I'm like, oh, I don't really have a style. And he, <laughs> he was looking down my little front room of my house and he said, what is this here? And I said, oh, that's my black and white work. I really love to shoot families like that. <laughs> How funny is that? He went, you already have a style. You've already got your signature style, which wow. I had. I tweaked and tweaked till I got it how I liked it. And so how incredible is that? And so he just went, okay, stop doing anything else. Do not take on any other jobs. Just focus on family photography. And deliver only black and white images? Only black and white. Because I, I would say, you know, everyone can buy a white shirt. Everyone can buy jeans. They will never date. And you can buy them 12 months of the year. So made them wear clothing that was very simple and I would carry to the homes (laughs) my background stands, my sheets. Actually, no, I didn't do background stands then. I'd carry a sheet and have my cameras and then I would literally peg this sheet wherever I could, the highest point I could. And sometimes it was in the front yard with the wheelie bins, which now I don't know how I got away with. (laughs) But, But I just, and they were really good height. Yeah, so I loved the idea of the simplicity of white against white because I never wanted to be around props or clothing because clothing was distracting. White shirts and jeans will never, ever date. So it became this beautiful, clean, classic look that I loved. Now, it couldn't have worked out better because 25 years later, I still shoot that and it still doesn't date. I'm looking at your Instagram feed right now. I'm seeing that exact style. <laughs> so you're still <laughs> shooting the same way, yep. you know, like 10, 11, 12 years later. Yeah. Well, yes, longer than that, actually. So isn't that funny, though, because people can get beautiful wall pieces and when they want to do their next family photos, they just add to their gallery. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. I love it. So business took off. And so when you were doing these million-dollar years, surely this wasn't just you. Oh, no, I had a team of eight. So we would have had we had two retouches, we had two salespeople, three photographers and an admin person. And then I had a bookkeeper that came in every Saturday and managed everything because none of us knew how to do that at that time. And I was super streamlined and I also had big plans to franchise and license across America. So I created procedures for everything and everyone had to follow the procedures, which I found that they are loved anyway because they didn't have to think about how it was to be done. Um, I had a fantastic team and we worked really well. And I had a bonus system back then, Andrew. So the plan was 80 grand a month is a million a year. So if we reached goal, everyone got bonuses as well. And it really pushed everybody. And it was a great team culture because everyone got the same bonus. So no one second off. Everyone pitched in and it was a pretty amazing system, actually. Wow. I love that. So obviously you weren't working at home then either. You had a studio. 
Yeah, no, I had a, so when I worked with that coach within six months later, I moved out of home because it took off that quickly. I think I put a casual on within two weeks of my very first shopping center promotion. And then three months after that, put on a second staff member and six months after that moved into commercial space. And then that was in Wollongabba. And then two and a half years after that, I moved into an awesome corner studio in East Brisbane here, 17,000 cars pass an hour, turned over an extra hundred grand a year just by being on a corner and putting up three new massive posters in my windows every single week. Right. So to keep the interest up and people looking in the window. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was no digital screens then and people slowed down. It was a massive main road into the city. So I knew they'd be slowing down and they they loved looking at the photos and I booked so much work out of that. <laughs> How did you convert the traffic to bookings? Like, did you have a massive phone number? Did you have an offer in the windows? Like, what do you think drove people to actually contact you? Mainly just the photos. We would put up, and again, another procedure for this, we would put up very strategic photos. So it either had to make you go, oh, that's so beautiful, or it had to make you giggle. So they were the two prerequisites for choosing photos. And we had a staff member every Monday. Um, my retoucher would come with three new photos and a, oh, a whole bunch, and I would okay the best three to go in for the next week. And it was mainly photos. We did promotions every now and again, and they did work well, like maybe leading up to Mother's Day, Father's Day, but especially Christmas. But I had a kid in the front window, <laughs> and it was pretty close up, and he shoved both his fingers up his nose. <laughs> so it was hilarious. But people would call and go, oh, my God, my kid does that all the time. I needed to come photograph him. So it was as simple as that. And I've had lots of feedback over the years to Andrew, people going how much they loved driving to work wondering what was going to be up next week. That is so cool. So you were still photographing in people's homes. They weren't coming to the studio. No, 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 no. They've only just started coming to my studio in the last three years since I've moved it all home. So no, we would take everything with us. And it was really about getting to someone's home, working out where the best light was, setting up there, setting the backdrop up. We did eventually move to stands, which was good. (laughs) And then doing this beautiful combination and then people then come into the studio a week later and we would do design consultations. So we actually won Pro Select around the time we went digital. So I went digital 2005 and we won. We won it at a Hair of the Dog seminar we went to. And so we went, oh, we were looking for something. Let's try this. So I've been using Pro Select for 15, 16 years. Since it came out. And it's an amazing selling tool. Yes. Wow. So you sort of alluded to the fact that you're working from home now. Let's fast forward to today. Can you give us a snapshot of the business today? Yeah. So I had, what was it, 2018? There was only four of us by that stage and two of my staff were pregnant at the same time. And you know how things work out, Andrew. Like I had just decided, um, my husband had been saying to me for a while, bring it home and do it yourself. And I didn't think I could because I'd had a big studio on staff for 17 years. But when that happened, I went, okay, I was worrying about them, but they're not going to stay anyway. So, okay, I feel better about that now. I will move it home. So I've moved it all home and my retoucher came with me for the first six months at home, but I put her on contract. Once I moved out of the studio, I went, you know what, I'm not doing wages anymore. So we negotiated a new contract together. 
and she is still with me, but she's been able to work from home and she's now just had a second child. So we were beautifully set up for COVID, by the way. (laughs) Everything was online. So there was a lot of stress taken off from me at that stage. But I reckon it took a first year to just rejig everything. I started having people come to my home because I was sick of driving because I know that we don't have bad traffic here compared to maybe Sydney or Melbourne, but traffic had really gotten worse. Petrol gone up. I never charged for travel. And just before I moved it all home, I remember one day spending four hours in the car, driving between shoots and thinking, that's four hours. I can't do any other work. Um, call my girlfriends, call my mum. That was always lovely, but you know <laughs> what I mean? It's, it's half your day gone. And I think I'd done it for so long, I just went, I don't want to do it anymore. And I had that real, wouldn't it be great if I could do that? And wouldn't it be good if people could just come to me and blah, 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 blah. So I just went, okay, well, I just, really need to set it up how I want to in times of change. So I actually was setting up at the back. I've got this area at the back, but uh, really dependent on the light. So hit and miss sometimes. I mean, I made it work. It was fine, but I have a carport at the front of my home. And one day this family with a baby had <laughs> booked a shoot. And do you know the Queensland storms we get, Andrew? Yes. Okay. So this storm was coming and I rang them and I said, do you guys want to reschedule because <laughs> this is coming? And they went, nope, this is the only time we've got. And I went. Okay, so for the listener who isn't sure, a carport is like a garage but without any sides or uh, yes. no front, no back. It's just a roof. No back or front. Exactly. Just a roof. Sorry, I didn't think of that. And uh, anyway, so I'm like, buddy, I like, so I jump up on a ladder. I'm bulldog clipping my big white sheet up and I, I've pulled this thing taut and I'm like, okay, this is even better than my stands because the stands would always drape a little bit. So I'm like, oh, that looks pretty good. But we know, that, you know, the light's dropping. <laughs> it's about to rain. They come and I'm doing the mum's makeup because I've always done that. And we come out and we start shooting and I'm looking at the back of my camera going, holy moly, that lighting is amazing. And my background is fantastic. Was normally the background would always look a bit muddy and that was a lot of the retouching work, getting a beautiful, clean background. So after that, I actually paid quite a bit of money to get in-built backdrops. So I just literally wind them all down how I want them. It's been amazing and I'm thinking now I've got the best light ever in the world and I was going to people's homes for years and years. Wow. So your natural light studio is a carport. Uh Uh-huh. That's so good. (laughs) That's so Aussie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you should see me cleaning, Andrew, before they come. I'm like, I invested in a blower. <laughs> a leaf blower? Oh, best money over spent. Oh, I hate those but, things. <laughs> oh, but you know what? I move the cars out and we put everything down, Every you know, and I've got vinyl flooring, for you know, white vinyl flooring instead of sheets now. But I blow everything out so it all looks beautiful. I've got these gorgeous big fake flowers at the front of my home, which I'll never be able to kill. And so it all looks lovely when they arrive. And I just try and pretty it up so it doesn't look so much like a carport. But no one really cares because they're there because they want you to photograph their family and they just want you. Sure. Well, tell me then and the listener about the revenue today, because I'm guessing it's not a million dollars if it's down to you and your retoucher. Yeah. So I'm turning over 250 a year. Great. And I don't really do much marketing. So I'm 
I mean, that sounds so spoilt now, but my plan was always that anyway, to always really push previous and referrals. But, you know, there were, I think when the GFC hit, we really had to start marketing again. Now I don't want to work that hard. So I just wait for the phone to ring and people ring and say, Katrina, I want another shit with you. And they know my pricing. They don't even bother looking at the website. So it's super simple and beautiful. And I've got the most gorgeous clients who just really love and value me. And so it's wonderful. So last month I did, what did I do? I did three shoots last month. Right. But surely you must be doing more than that throughout the year, unless the spend is is huge, because how do you get to 250K? Well, my sales are really good. (laughs) And I don't mean that in an up myself way. I'm just really good at sales. So my last sale was pretty awesome. These guys spent 10 and a half grand in June and came back last Thursday night and spent another 10. What, from the same shoot or a new session? No, no, same shoot. Really? Same suit. And the sales before that, and I only know the way I can quote this because I was actually putting it in my other group. The three sales before that were 10, 9 and 7. From the same family or different families? Oh, those were different families, yeah. But my sales, if you average it out, my sales are about five grand. So I'm, you know, I'm a bit disappointed if I get anything less than that these days. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's it's a beautiful business. I don't need to work my guts out to achieve that. And I'm really proud of the fact that I'm still being able to give work to my retoucher. So when she had um, maternity leave, I found another retoucher. So I've got two now, which is wonderful because we, you know, need a backup. And sometimes I'm giving them so much work that they can't manage it all alone. So, you know, getting that. But other than that, yeah, my costs, oh my God, when I moved home and I didn't have the rent and, you know, all those overheads, I was literally doing a little happy dance every Friday. (laughs) It's great. This is so cool. So if your average is $5,000, you only need 50 families a year to reach your target or what you're turning over, 250, which is one family a week. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's so good. I love it. (laughs) And you're working from home in a carport and, you know, (laughs) that's that's so amazing. It sounds so funny. (laughs) It does. But this is what's so good about your story. And I'm on your website now. So you clearly have your pricing on here. So like your classic digital package is, you know, 1900 Yeah. And then, you know, 2700 for the premium digital package. Yeah. And then you go to three and a half. So how do people get to say $10,000 or even $5,000 from there? Are they adding extra things? Oh, yeah. Good question. They don't buy files off me. They buy finished artwork. Oh, so these prices on here are for digital files, are they? Yeah. Only? Only. So about three and a half years ago, such a push to do digital files. And I'm like, well, you know, that's okay. But if you want a digital file, you're going to pay me for it because I'm not discounting that because if I'm selling an 8 by 12 for $195, you're not going to get a digital file off me for 50 So my digital files at the classic price are about 177 because we know they can take it and print it somewhere else that's pretty cheap. You know, the cost is not in the printing. The cost is in your skill. So... I put that on there mainly for new customers who didn't know me and I would rarely sell them because my customers want me to finish it beautifully for them. They want to hang it on their walls. In saying that, I have done a 10 grand digital sale where people went, we'll buy the the pack of 20, which was, I don't know, three and a half, four grand. 
And then the dad looked at me and he said, how much for the whole shoot? And I went, well, do you know, there's, there's some double ups here. Should we, you know, work on culling it down? He just looked at me and goes, no, no, the whole shoot, how much? So I worked out a proof price. He said, these are amazing. You don't need to touch them. So I went, okay. So, and here's a great thing about testing things because, you know, I didn't really know how much they were going to spend, but I'm like, okay, well, I've already done more proofing. I've done all the work and I can't remember what the proof price was now. It might've only even been 66. So everything else was retouched beautifully. Right. And anyway, so at the end of the day, it was a 10 grand sale because I sent it to him and he goes, yeah, that's awesome. We'll transfer you now. Wow. <laughs> so good. Yeah. But Angie, the thing is, the photos are beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm really proud of my work. But if people love you, you will get great sales. Right. Do you think the, the experience the family has is more important than the photos? It's such a massive part of it. Like when you're first speaking to them, you've really got to connect and you've got to connect really in about three seconds. They need to know that you really care about them and you're interested in them and they can trust you. And then that really gets followed up at the photo shoot where we are not just photographers, we are massive entertainers. We're getting the absolute best out of people. So you have to be able to bring the best out of people. Um So if that whole experience is amazing and then my design consultations back in the studio are normally done within that week because they're still highly excited. So so your design consultation is your sales session after the shoot? Yes, yes. So back in the studio, yeah. So when they're coming back in, you know, there's there's coffee for them and, you know, we I do it in my, um, in fact, the bottom, I've got a two-story house, I couldn't have, designed it better, <laughs> not really knowing I was ever bringing it home. But the whole bottom of my house is living. The whole top is bedroom. So that can look like a bomb site. No one's ever going to see it. <laughs> but the bottom is beautiful. And actually my home is way nicer than my studio was. So people always love coming in and it's beautiful and light and I often have candles on or, you know, but the coffee machine's on and then that whole process then of going through photos and really learning to talk emotionally about photos and why, why or how precious this is going to be in years to come, that whole process. And I find, Andrew, when I'm in that design consultation, for me it's all about, you know, you're really listening to what they want. Then you're, you know, once you've done that cull and you've got their favourites, then I'm putting designs together really quickly in front of them but I find that whatever I put in front of them, they go, love it, lock that in, done. Because people coming to us because we're the experts. So if I say, this is amazing and that'll be a beautiful landscape shaped one for your wall above your couch, they pretty much do everything I say, <laughs> which is lovely. <laughs> but I absolutely have their best interests at heart. So I'm just listening to what they want and I'm really feeding off them and I'm just going to continue designing until I am picking up that you're done. Wow. Well, okay, let me dissect your sales process in just a second because I really want to go deep into that. I just want to ask you a couple of questions about your price list. So with all of your packages, you include makeup for mum. So is that you doing that or you bring a makeup artist in? No, that's me. Okay, so you're a trained makeup artist. No, not really. I do (laughs) 
Not really. Don't tell anyone. No, I did a really basic course years ago. And this makeup artist said, you can do this makeup for everybody and it always looks great. Get out. Not the same colours. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I'm black and white. Okay. So you're just looking for shades. No, it doesn't matter. But I just do, I do lots of like browns and oranges because it's all natural. And the idea is that it is not glamour, it's not makeup today. It's a very beautiful natural look so that when a mum's having her photos done, she goes, oh, I look nice. Not, oh, God, I should have put some makeup on. So it's a little pamper. So when everyone comes in, I do the makeup first. Sometimes that gives an opportunity for kids to check you out if they're a little bit shy. And I'm literally 15 minutes. I'm done in 15 minutes because I'd never know what window of opportunity I've got with kids. So I'm pretty fast. Everything's set up, ready to go. And I keep things rolling pretty quickly the entire way. And I'm making it fun. I've got the music on. So that that whole process is heaps of fun. And they actually never really want to finish. Right. Okay. So I understand it because I'm not a woman. I don't wear makeup, but I imagine some women would prefer to do their own makeup or do you have them come with no makeup whatsoever and you're applying all the makeup? Some people go, oh, listen, I'll do my makeup because I do it all the time. And you go, absolutely no problem. And they probably do it a lot heavier than I do. But I did this. Um, oh, this is hilarious. It's funny how you remember stories. Years ago, I'd driven all the way to Redcliffe and I got there and I'd forgotten my makeup bag. <laughs> I said to this woman, I'm so sorry. And she said, well, I've got some makeup here, but it's really old. I don't think I've used it in 10 years. And I went, all righty. So I just played with what she had. Hilarious. Blue eyeshadow was the only (laughs) eyeshadow she had. And I'm like, that's black and white. It'll be fine. (laughs) So I didn't make up. And she's like, no, I said, no, trust me. It'll, it'll, yep. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So you're applying the makeup 99% of the time, unless someone really wants to do it themselves. I reckon nowadays, because makeup's such a big thing, I think maybe only 60% of the time, but the people I do do it for, they love it. They just feel really pampered, and I think that's pretty special for mums. I like that. So where are the kids? Are they just running right in the carport? Are they in the house? Have they got toys? Inside, inside. So in the TV room where I do the design consultations, I've got a play area. I've got a, a little corner that kids can pull out stuff and play with and make as much mess as you like. I don't care. Dad is normally there keeping them busy. And then I'm going to be finishing five minutes. So dad, you want to start dressing kids? So super, super quick. Cause I don't want them to get tired. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And then during the session, I imagine because you've been shooting for so long, and I think I got to this stage as well, where I had the shots in my head that I wanted to get that I knew that we're going to sell. Are you going through a process like with every session, you know, you make sure you get the whole family together, mum with the kid, dad with the kids, mum and dad together, that sort of thing? Yeah, I think because if I don't do it in a certain way, I would hate to forget something. So I'm very much family, but I'll do like four or five combinations of the family because I love that. So when you say combinations, they're different poses, move them around, right. Yes, exactly. Then I would do mum with the kids, dad with the kids. But now what I also do every shoot, which I never used to do years ago, I would do mum with each of her children and dad with each of the kids as well as them with all of them. And then I do kids together, kids separately, and mum and dad at the end. And if they brought pets with them, we do that as well. But I always do quite a few different poses within each combination because they might 
love it all, Andrew, and buy it all. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, that's right. So you're going through the process and getting all the images you want. At this point, have you talked about you know, with the client their home, what they're looking for, or they're just coming in for a shoot and they're going to be in your hands? At the booking stage, they might just go, you know, we want wall pieces. And if they've been to me before, we already know. Sure. Let's say a new client. Let's say a new client. Okay. Um, new client. So at the shoot, we're talking about money. Do you want wall? Do you want digital? If they want digital, then they're looking at the packages on the website and making sure they're cool with that before we go ahead. Sorry, Katrina. You said at the shoot, but this is prior to the shoot. Oh, sorry. At the call. Sorry. Yeah, when we're talking on the phone. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So at that stage, I'm making sure they understand all the pricing. So how do you do that? Do you go to the website with them or are you just going through it? If they want digital files, then we'll go to the website together in case they haven't looked so they can see them. Now, I am crystal clear on my website because I don't want calls with the same question all the time. So you'll notice in those three collections, I've tried to answer every possible query you might have so that you understand exactly what you're getting. And you know what? Customers don't like nasty surprises and they like to know upfront what they're up for, not approximately or about or they want to know. So I was just saying in my group the other day, a couple of months ago, I went, you know what, my business is pretty freaking awesome right now. I'm going to buy a new car. So I jumped on the Land Rover website because I'm like, I'm going to look at those Range Rovers. They look amazing. So I get on there and there's not one price. So I don't know if I'm in the running. I don't know if I can even afford this or not, or maybe I can. So I end up having to drive in to chat with them. And then you were the car salesman. And don't get me wrong, they were actually great. But he goes, oh, yes, that one there, that's our top of the range. That's 450000 <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh going, oh, yeah, that's probably out of my price range today. <laughs> But I I had to go through the process of actually going in to talk to someone to find out what they charge, whereas people don't want that anymore. They want to go to the website or they want a phone call with you and they want you to be really upfront about your pricing and everything that's included. They don't really want to know that after. So that's with the digital collections. But with my wall pieces, it's very hard to quote because I don't know what people are going to buy until they come in and I'm designing with them. So. But if they're previous, they know they're going to spend more than probably what they spent last time. So, um, but with new clients, it's definitely harder. So, you know, I sometimes might say people spend on average three grand, you know, you try and bring it down a little bit more, but no one really asked me that question. Is that interest after all this time? So when you're doing wall, they probably don't know what they're spending until they're here with me. Right. So even though the prices are clear on your website, they don't know what they necessarily might end up with and what they might spend. Yeah. Yeah. Because, Jenna, Andrew, people don't know the possibilities unless we photographers tell them. Sure. You know, just with that car salesman, as annoying or frustrating as that was, I still really like what he did by showing you the top of the range straight away and saying this was, you know, was it 400 and something thousand? Because he didn't make the assumption that you couldn't afford that car, did he? Yeah, No, he didn't. Which is what a lot of photographers do. We make an assumption about a client, but we don't really know what they're willing to spend. Absolutely. And, you know, some of the wealthiest clients I've ever had are not necessarily my best spenders. Right. It's people who value photography, who appreciate and value and, you know, I can give 
everyone the best time. But I remember years ago being blown away by someone who questioned me in my pricing and I'm like, you've got franchises around the world. You can afford me. But he was, <laughs> he just dug his heels in and I went, yeah, you don't value me. And so that's okay because it, yeah, but that would be very rare for me to be in that situation. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like I think you should never, ever make an assumption on what people will and won't spend with you because you know, don't base it on the car they're driving when they come in either. No, no. And so that particular client you're referring to with who owns the franchises, you were having that conversation before the actual session. Is that right? Or was that at the... So this would have been like over 12 years ago. So I can't really remember. We, we would have just discussed prices, but Andrew, he wanted everything and he wanted an album of this and he wanted this and this and this. And when the quote came to 30,000, he um, said, we'll be in contact. And then we heard from his PA. (laughs) (laughs) As you do. uh, But, you know, he was trying to be such a bully. And I thought, I don't do everything in-house. I, you know, I have retouches, but we outsource everything. And so, you know, I've got to cover all my costs and and make some profit. So what happens today, Katrina? Let's say someone calls they're interested in having you photograph their family and you could be speaking to the husband and you get the feeling that he's just not into this photography like you would hope he would be and he just doesn't want to pay your prices so he's trying to bargain with you off the bat or you know it could even be at the sales session they're trying to bargain with you and get more thrown how do you handle that today with your experience i don't get a lot of that when i do get it though when people want a discount i just say oh, i don't discount but I do do surprise gifts. So do you want to just leave that with me? (laughs) At the price that it is. Uh, I'm not discounting. Right. I won't discount, but I always do extra gifts and that's, there's your over deliver. So I get around it by saying, listen, I don't discount, but I actually have got some ideas for you, some surprise gifts that now, you know, you'll be getting, but it'll be a surprise. And I'm probably very good at the way I say it. I like that. Yeah, it kind of diffuses them then because they've not got much of a comeback. That's nice. So you're basically telling there's no way you're discounting, but there's still going to be something nice and you're still sweetening the put down. Absolutely. (laughs) By saying you're not getting any money off. Oh, do you know, and this is the thing about when I see photographers discounting, I think, oh, but you've just given them money off, whereas you could have given them a print that's valued at $200. Um, It's only going to cost you a couple of dollars. (laughs) So... It just is. But this is photographers who don't know. This is, I think, you know, we're trying to help other photographers. Is all, all the experience that we have, you go, yeah, don't do it that way, do it this way. And I'm probably, I think in my early days, I would have definitely found that hard to deal with. But you just become better and better at dealing with personality types too, Andrew. So I've got um, one of the back of my studio doors was that four different personality types what they were like, and then how to sell to them. And so I remember, um, and I probably do it naturally, but when I was training my salespeople, they were in the design room and they'd come out and they'd go to the back of the door and I'd say to them, do you need a hand? And they'd go, no, no, I'm just checking what his personality is. And they'd go, <laughs> okay, right, and they'd go back in. <laughs> That's so good. It's true though, isn't it? Like working out who, and I find that, I don't really have an issue with people trying to barter me so much because they've been at the shoot. They know it's amazing. They know their photos are going to be beautiful. And most 
couples will come together to the design because they're so excited and they both want to be there. But if it's just mum that comes, we're pretty clear she's the decision maker. Right. So when do you get that clarity? When does that happen that you know that she is the decision maker and she can spend $5,000? Yeah, well, I would... At the end of the shoot, when I'm booking them in for the design, I will say to them, now are you both coming to the design consultation? And they might go, yes, but if they don't, and here goes, oh, babes, you're going to make the decision anyway, you'll be fine, go for it. That's as simple as that is because we're talking together. We know that most women make the decisions. Anyway, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but he's there going, no, we know that you're going to choose what you want and I've got to work so or whatever he's got on. So it's all good. And a lot of my clients have their own businesses. So, yes, that's probably not not really a problem for me. Got it. Let me take you into the sales room. So it could be mum and dad that turn up. And first of all, do you stipulate that you prefer them not to bring their kids if they're coming together for a sales consult? I'll suggest they don't because it's much easier to make a decision not stressing about children. But I'll say, listen, if you have to, absolutely bring them. And, you know, I've got a little play corner. Most of those parents, Andrew, will bring a iPad. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yep, sure. Something to occupy the kids. Yeah, yeah. And food. They'll always bring food. Although I did have a shoot one day, a beautiful woman I've been photographing for years who I think she bought some food, but, you know, little kids get really hungry. So I sat them up at the kitchen bench. I'm like, right, do you need something to eat? And I opened my cup <laughs> and they're like, I want that. And they're pulling <laughs> the cupboard. I'm like, I, I don't know what she means. And um, Melanie goes, she wants you cashew nuts. I'm like, right. <laughs> and I, I'm, I don't care about stuff like that. Yeah, eat everything I've got. I don't, I don't mind. Yeah. You're in my home and... But whether it's your home studio or commercial studio, you treat everyone like they're a beautiful friend. And so if someone walked in your home, you would offer them everything. And so that's what I do with all my clients. So good. So good. Okay, let me take a guess on what happens at the sales session. You correct me where I go wrong here. Yeah. So you work on the family back. They take a seat in the you know, on a comfortable chair or lounge and you, you play a slideshow using ProSelect, showing all the images, and you go through after the slideshow one by one and they say yes, no, maybe. And then you you start working with that yes pile to start designing wall art. Is that pretty much how it runs? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And I always leave too many and I'm hopeless, but I'll tell them and I'll try and edit down to 80, but I'm shocking. I'm I'm always over 100. But (laughs) I also know that they'll probably buy a lot, so I'm, I'm all right about that. So that first cull, and I don't do one at a time. Like if I've got four that are similar, I'll put four up together so they can compare. I find that is the best way to do that, that culling process. Yeah, are you showing with a projector on a screen? What are you doing? Well, in the studio I had a big projector, but at home I've got a really big smart TV that's curved. So the laptop is all connected and we just go through the TV. Nice. Like a 70-inch or something? I think it's bigger than that. Oh, massive. Nice. <laughs> Cool. Like it's really big. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and then let's say you, you culled it down to, I don't know, 40. Is that, would that be a, a normal number? Yeah, yeah. Let's go 40, yeah. And then do you then start having a conversation about the house and their house and where they might display these prints before you start designing or do you just start throwing designs up? No, no, no. I might say to them, okay, if we're looking at wall pieces, where would you like to hang this? Now I've already asked them, sorry, I forgot to tell you this, I'd ask them before they come to take photos of the walls they might like to hang work on. So I get an idea of, okay, well, that 
that will, a square piece will fit there. Or if they've got very, not very wide walls, you'll put a beautiful vertical one down and, and then lots of gorgeous landscape works is normally what I would do. So it's about, okay, well, let's design something for that wall. And then I will, based on their favourite photos that I think they like, I will start, I'll bring up designs and I'll start dragging and dropping photos in. And Andrew, I am very quick at this because I have been doing it so long. So I think if you're if you're using ProSelect, you have to get really proficient at it because people don't want to sit waiting for you. You've really got to be fast and give them lots of options. But because I'm listening the whole time through, I'm like, I already know which ones I think is going to work. And if their favourite family shot is like a pano, then I've got designs where the the focus is a panoramic one. Got it, got it. So nothing's pre-designed with that client's work in ProSelect, but you have pre-designed templates ready to drag and drop. Yeah, I've got a million of them. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, let's say I want something from above my lounge in my lounge room. Yes. You design a a nice design for me with a a variety of prints and it looks fantastic. Do you then tell me the price for that one or do we just move on to the next one? No, because I don't, and you were saying you don't really know what people are going to spend. So they go, Katrina, I love it. Yes, definitely do that. Okay. So then I'm going into my little shopping trolley. I put it straight in there. It's a framed series. I go into that one. The price is already in there because it's all done. And say one of my biggest sellers is 2845 I then go and manually add in or, you know, the drop downs for which frame it is, how big the mat's going to be, and lock it in. Right. And they would see that price, wouldn't they? Yes. So this is the thing. They see the price. I know they're looking at the price. I don't even need to say the price. (laughs) This is why this sales program is so good. So I'm kind of looking at them going, yeah, they're cool with that. Okay, let's keep going. So I just go back and then we start designing the next thing. Okay. So if you get some kind of objection there, like let's say it's 2845, I think you said, and they're like, the dad is like, oh, that's, that's a bit more than I expected. Like, how do you answer that? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Katrina, this has been amazing. I'm so glad we had a chance to do this. So the best place for people to see your work, I'm guessing that's your website or your Facebook page? Yeah, I do. Well, either. It's katrinachrisphotographer.com.au and it's actually Katrina Chris Photographer Brisbane on the Facebook page. And the Insta probably is good, Andrew, because actually you can scroll through, can't you, and see an overview, which is great about Instagram. Absolutely. So what I'll do is I'll add links to all those, those URLs in the show notes including the High-End Photography Academy so people can learn more about you and I'll make sure you get added to the members Facebook group so we can follow up with you there and learn more. Katrina, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. I was very excited. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Katrina as much as I did. Katrina, if you're listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything that you did about your business, your processes. I absolutely had a ball chatting with you. I love your high energy. I could sense you smiling throughout, just through the headphones. So yeah, again, massive thanks for coming on Katrina and sharing everything you did. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what she had to share in today's interview. If you want to learn more from Katrina and who wouldn't, I've got links to anything and everything that she shared, including 
her high-end photography academy website. It's all there in the show notes for today's episode. And this week, you'll find them at photobizx.com forward slash 427. Now, in addition to the links, you'll also find examples of Katrina's beautiful work, which really is beautiful. Plus, you'll see something brand new that I have never shared in the show notes before, and that is a couple of QR codes that were supplied by Katrina. And ever since this pandemic, certainly here in Australia, QR codes have become the norm because we have to use them to check in and check out of pretty much any place we go to during this uh, this pandemic. So to see them pop up from a photographer is very, very cool. And they're so easy to use. So I'm guessing if wherever you're listening to the podcast from, if QR codes are as popular and as prevalent as they are here in Australia, there's no reason why we shouldn't be using them in our businesses as well. So good one, Katrina, for, for getting on board and using these. And you'll see an example of how she's doing that in the show notes for today's episode. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Okay, a couple of quick announcements to close out today's episode of the show, which I alluded to earlier. The first one is the LinkedIn training for photographers. Now, if you heard the interview with Jeff Brown, he is the LinkedIn expert and also a photography business coach. He's going to be presenting this training for PhotoBizX listeners for you through the month of September. Now, this is a four-week program. There's going to be one session per week. Now, I want to say it's on Thursday morning, starting on the 2nd of September, but depending on where you live, it could be your Wednesday. So I've got a link in the show notes where you can find your local date and times. In the training that is going to be happening every week. I expect they're going to be around an hour long. There will be a Q&A session afterwards. So this is live training. You'll be here in webinar style, watching, listening, learning from Jeff. I'll be on the call as well. I'll be asking questions and I'll be working through the content as Jeff delivers it because I know nothing about LinkedIn and I'm hoping to get a head start by following what he has to share in the training. Now to give you a rough idea of the outline, session one, We'll be getting started, creating a niche and building your power profile. Session two, optimizing your profile, engaging with and growing your audience. Session three, building your influence and creating advanced content, plus using effective hashtag strategies. And in the final session, Jeff will be covering mastering messaging sequences, optimizing company pages and creating stories. So a ton to get through. There will be homework after each session. Jeff has assured me that that's going to be the case. And like I mentioned, there will be time for questions and answers after each session. Now, if you can't make the live sessions, there will be a recording of each session. And this is going to become a standalone course on the photobizx.com website. If you get involved in September of 2021, the cost for the complete course is $97, 97 US, and you'll have lifetime access to the course any updates that happen over the next 12 months, and you can come in and access the training at any time. After September, the cost is going to 197 US dollars. So it's going to double in price. So I would love to see you in the live training. So would Jeff. But if you want to get in at the special price and can't make the live training, there will be recordings and you'll be able to access them pretty much right after the live training has gone to air. Now, to get more details, well, actually, 
There's no more details right now as I'm going to air, but uh, I'll have more details set up soon. But you can ask any questions inside the comments area, inside the members Facebook group, or you can shoot me an email. Uh, if you want to pay for and get registered for the course to reserve your spot, head over to photobizx.com forward slash LinkedIn. That'll take you to the PayPal page to sign up. And once once this interview goes, or once this episode goes live, I'll get uh, the email welcome sequences and things sorted out for the course. So photobizx.com forward slash LinkedIn to sign up and reserve your spot. All the details are in the show notes and also inside the members Facebook group. And I can say I really am looking forward to this because LinkedIn, like Jeff said, is, is one place on social media that has so few photographers on the platform, yet so many potential clients. So it's going to be interesting to explore and do it right from the very start. So I hope to see you there. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. If personal brand photography is something that you do or something that you want to offer, make sure you go back and check out the interview with Paula Brennan because she is absolutely killing it in this space. She talked about how she has $10,000 personal branding photography days in that interview. I've linked to it in the show notes. And if you are motivated by what Paula shares and you want to learn more from her, she is opening her personal branding mentoring program again for more details about that, head over to photobizx.com forward slash breakthrough. It's an intense program. It is full on. There are, I believe, three or four PhotoBizX listeners or members going through the program right now. And by all accounts, it is absolutely amazing and potentially life-changing as well. So photobizx.com forward slash breakthrough. Don't forget, if you do sign up with that link and you're a premium member, a PhotoBizX premium member, you can get a $400 rebate. You just need to get in touch with me via email. Let me know that you've signed up for the training with Paula and also let me know your PayPal email address so I can process that rebate for you. So that's a $400 rebate if you sign up for that personal brand training with Paula Brennan. If you are listening to the PhotoBizX podcast, this podcast right now via a podcast app on your phone, you will probably see whether or not you're listening to the premium episode or the free episode that an episode of the Photography Experiment podcast popped up in your feed. Now, I've done that for a couple of reasons. The first reason is if you're not subscribed to the Photography Experiment podcast, you will have missed it. And I didn't want you to miss it. I wanted you to know about this interview that went live with Ashley Jones. The other big reason I didn't want you to miss the episode is that particular podcast is sponsored. And in this case, it was sponsored by Imagine AI, the incredible app that learns your processing style that you can use to do your post-processing for you for around five cents an image. It's incredible. And it really does learn your editing style. Anyway, <laughs> I've been sidetracked. I really wanted you to, to hear the interview and also um, give more value to Imagine AI who are sponsoring that episode. So let me know if that's a real uh, annoyance for you because I won't do that again if it is. I asked inside the members Facebook group that the feedback I've got from them is that it's totally fine. Uh, but you can also subscribe to the Photography Experiment podcast. But my plan is to release these episodes into your 
photo biz X feeds, but only leave them in there for a few weeks and I'll pull them out. So, uh, yeah, and if you don't want to listen to them, simply delete them, you know, super easy. So that's the reason, but I'm happy to hear your feedback. If it's a real pain uh, or annoyance, let me know. And, uh, oh, yeah, and make sure you have a listen to the interview when you get a chance. It's less business-focused. Uh, this particular interview features Ashley Jones. She and her husband sadly lost their daughter a few years ago and uh, to, to a horrible illness, and uh, she, she talks about that in the, in the interview. And through that experience, she and her husband were gifted a family portrait session, and those photos, as you can imagine, are you know, some of their most cherished items, you know, in, in the whole world. And because of that, she realized that there are other people going through similar things that just won't get that experience, won't get that, um, that uh, chance to have professional family photos done. So she started up a nonprofit by the name of Love Not Lost, where photographers get assigned to families that are facing um, something terrible, a loss, they get uh, the chance to have some professional family photos done. So, yeah, it's all covered in that episode with Ashley. Uh, I think you'll find it touching and uh, maybe even inspired to get involved and offer your services as well or even your help in other ways. So that's the Photography Experiment podcast. And look out for another one dropping over the next few weeks as well, thanks to Imagine AI. And lastly, for today's episode, don't forget about the dual camera harness competition. This has been supported by Straps Photography in Australia. All you need to do to win this incredibly beautiful dual camera harness, which is leather and carbon fiber and stainless steel. It is very, very sexy, perfect for you if you shoot with two cameras and super easy to win. All you need to do is go to straps.photography and let me know via email the size and the color that you would like to win. So straps, it's S-T-R-A-P-Z dot photography. Go to the shop, have a look at the sizing and the colors available. Email me, andrew at photobizx.com and you are in the draw to win one of these beautiful harnesses, which I will draw at the end of the month. So still plenty of time to enter that one. Alrighty, that is it. For this episode of the podcast, I think that's the most <laughs> the most announcements I've ever had after an interview. I really don't want to take anything away from Katrina, who was an incredible guest today. I hope you got a ton from what she had to share. I hope to see you in the LinkedIn training. And if you have any questions about anything we've covered today, you can hit me up by email or I can see you inside the members Facebook group. Otherwise, I'll be back next week with another interview. Until then, stay safe, healthy, and well, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.